0: Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep?
1: Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Because otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Hello
0: and welcome to the final Kindling Helpline, kind of the final live Kindling Helpline (laughs) for 2019 with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris, hello, welcome. Thank you very much. Are you all ready for Christmas? I am. She is. Yeah. Excellent. It's a good start to the day. Um, And hopefully um, you've had a good start to the day as well. If not, if things are a little bit challenging, now's your time to give us a call on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. Pop your questions below the Facebook Live. If that's how you're watching us, or send an email to conversation at kindling.com.au. This is your opportunity to ask Chris a question. It is your last opportunity to ask her a question live. We have a bonus episode coming out next week, but I'll tell you about that a little bit later. If this is your first time joining us, Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with everything from bringing a new baby home, managing twins, she's very good with multiples, and uh, anything from toddler tantrum feeding, you name it. She's got an answer for you. So let's get stuck in and um, (laughs) ask some questions We've got a question here from... Miri, who has a four-month-old, apparently you've already helped Miri before with her older kids. Um, This time, it's in relation to my four-month-old baby, Otto. Perfect. Until recently, he was reasonably good at self-settling in his cot. Yes. If I got the timing and all the conditions right, and if his reflux wasn't bothering him. He is a projectile vomiter and gets very distressed about this sometimes. (laughs) Recently, Otto began to be able to stay awake for much longer periods. But now when I put him in the cot, he's super chatty and just gurgles and smiles and kicks his legs and moves his arms. Now I don't know how to wind him down and settle him for sleep as he just chats and kicks, even when he's very tired. Also, just for your information, I've just stopped swaddling him, but I'm not sure if this is relevant. Do you have any advice? Often Otto's naps have to be in the pram as she has a three-year-old and a five-year-old that they need to drop off and pick up from school.
2: Aha! Aha! So that last line was probably the biggest part of the sentencing um, because there's a lot going on around Otto Mm -hmm. and Otto's probably not getting much of a chance to be in that environment to go to sleep. But four-month-olds are very alert and very awake and lots of parents refer to this as regression, which I think is particularly weird, but they're just alert and awake and they need that wind down like you were speaking about. So I think one could be that there's a lot going on um, daycare drop-offs school drop-offs and the really good thing is Christmas is coming up and we've got a break so we can really get Otto into a position where he's sleeping a bit better um, so you've also unwrapped him and you might have done that a little bit fast but in essence if you're putting him down and he's gurgling at you then I would just think that that is his way of winding down. So if you're he's in a calm environment, a dim room, the timing's right, and you're popping him down and he's kicking and gurgling, gurgling happily, then I would leave until he started to change that pattern where it was more whinge and a cry, and then I would go in and start settling him from that point. You might have gone a little bit quick on the arms free, Um, so what might help is just a gentle swaddle around his arms to sort of slow his movement down a little bit fast, a little bit um, slow his movement down for him so he can go to sleep, or tucking him in um, appropriately, you know, he's at the bottom of the bed and tucking him in from the bottom of the bed. Um, might also help him go to sleep but I think the number one thing is that as you said in the last line majority of his sleeps are in a pram with movement and I think over this Christmas break trying to put him down in a bed in a quiet environment is definitely going to help him make that adjustment to self-saddling.
0: Good luck with that, uh, Miri. We hope that works for you, especially over the Christmas period. Yeah. We have a phone call now. So, Chris, I'll sure. get you pop your headphones on. Uh, Fiona's on the line. She has a one-year-old and has a question about managing routine changes during the silly season, a.k.a. Christmas time. Yeah. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Hello.
1: Good, thank you. How are you, ladies? Good, Good thanks. thanks. Excellent. I've just got a question Chris, to Christmas time and, you know, how you yep. functions and things like that. So, for instance, Christmas Eve, we've got a – a function and my, uh, my little one goes to bed at 7ish, 7.30, yep. yeah. but the function starts at 6. So I'm like, oh, and I, yeah, yeah, see, that's my, that Ooh. was mine. And I'm like, I what it's do a family I do? Christmas Eve. And I'm like, I kind of got to go, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you kind of do. So yeah. what you have to
2: do is you're going to weigh up what you're willing to sacrifice versus what you're willing to pull into line. So okay, have you got a busy Christmas
1: day as well? Um, so Christmas Day is lunch, so he'll definitely get his first sleep in, in the morning, yep. and then we'll go and then um, he'll probably get his other nap, like the you know the, afternoon, yeah, the late like afternoon. There. Yeah, he'll have that there, I'll bring the port-a-cot and I'll have it there.
2: And does he sleep quite well for you in the port-a-cot?
1: He ha- yeah, look, he hasn't slept in there for a little while, but he...
2: Yeah, generally he can, does. Yeah, generally does, yeah. Okay. So if you take that, you're trying to keep as much into place as you as you can control over mm-hmm. those two days, then I yes. think you're doing okay. The problem will be with the six o'clock one is that he will yes. just get tired. But unless yes. you can move each of the sleeps back a little bit so he can last a little bit longer. So if he could stay awake a little bit longer in the first morning period, yes. it will push the morning sleep out, which will push the afternoon sleep out. Yep. And by pushing those both out, he's going to cope better for the couple of hours that you go to the event. So he'll definitely, I would be feeding him a bottle and maybe putting him in his pyjamas on your way home so that you can just yes. pick him up and transfer him back into bed. But by just pushing both of those sleeps by a half hour window, and he's a one year old, so he you should be able to wiggle that along. You're okay. going to get a much calmer baby, say, till 8 or 8.30, yep. and therefore, you know, it'll be a little bit more pleasant for everybody else around you. But yeah. I would be giving him his last bottle there and just whipping him into a pair of pyjamas so that when you got home, you just picked him up yep. and popped him back into bed. About,
1: is, it, is it worth giving him maybe a bottle, a little tiny feed when he gets home? Um, if he
2: wakes up, I do. Give him a yep, sneaky okay. feed. Yeah, Yeah, like that. Oh, oh, yeah, 60, give him 60 mils. Just, yep. <laughs> Okay. Show him back into bed again. Um, yeah, okay. So yeah, I think with all that's going on, you're trying to manage it to the best of your ability. You've got a portacot, and then on uh, what is it Boxing Day? I would keep his day absolutely normal. Like yeah, okay. he doesn't go out. He goes he does, home and he yeah. does his sleeps. But yeah, I think he can manage it. Just push those okay. day sleeps out a little bit, and I think yeah. you will find, as a one year old, he'll manage those for you. Managed, and then he
1: might fall asleep in the car, but then yeah, day, he will. So I like, no, he yeah. will. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he
2: will. <laughs> (laughs) Oh yeah, he will. Um, And and you'll know when to leave when it starts going pear-shaped.
1: Yes, yeah, so yeah. I went to leave, I have, yes. But
2: you no should design, get about two, two and a half hours before, before it goes Before it shot. goes, Yeah. okay. The other issue,
1: would, could I bring the portacott there and get him to sleep and then, or would that, that wouldn't be worth
2: it? You could if it was um, a place that he felt familiar in, because as a one-year-old, he'll be very aware of his surroundings. So if it was a grandma's place and he goes to grandma's a lot, I think that would be fine. But if it was in a completely strange environment, mm-hmm. I think he'd spend the whole time looking around, trying to work out Where he was. Where he was. Yeah, oh, okay. you could have a go, but I think he would get himself worked up. Yeah,
1: okay, cool. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Thank you so much, ladies. Have a lovely Christmas. Thank you. I look thank forward you. To you guys coming back. In,
2: um. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you. And we thank
1: appreciate you.
0: we appreciate your one-year-old joining in on the conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah sorry about it's that. It's not that at sounds. all. We love it. <laughs>
0: That's what it's like. <laughs> Thanks so Thanks, much. Thanks, a Good Bye. luck. Thanks. Bye. That was Fiona. Now we have a question uh, about another one-year-old. This is from Ali. She says, hello, ladies. Hope you have a great break. We we will. will. (laughs) (laughs) We are
1: spending too much time together (laughs) because we keep saying the
0: same thing. Um, (laughs) Quick question. How do I stop my one-year-old from pinching? She seems to find comfort in pinching and scratching the skin on my neck and chest. We've recently stopped feeding. Not sure if it's related.
2: It probably is because when babies feed, as in breastfeed, they often stroke. And rub so I would suggest in this case maybe giving her a little snuggly that she can rub her fingers I don't think she's deliberately pinching like a toddler that might bite or kick I think it's um, a fallout from the feeding and she's used to touching and rubbing so try a little a little you know snuggly or a little um, just a little tiny comforter in some way and see if she'll transfer that movement onto the onto the snuggly and that'll probably fix it You don't want to know, Ali, but my daughter used to pinch. I think I told Chris
0: She used to pinch in here ever since she was... Maybe it's even the four rubbing. Months. Yeah, rubbing. she oh my goodness, it was
2: like and you must have been bruised all the way down your <laughs> I arm. I was all
0: down and it, I was the only one she did it to, so she once you give it them the feeling. snuggly, then
2: you can move their arm away gently or put the snuggly there, but oh, yeah, she it's, says, it's like, a give rubbing. her a
0: snuggly and she throws it away. <laughs>
2: yeah, she's smart. <laughs> Sorry, Allen. So, I tried so everything. So the alternative is that where she goes to do it, cuz she sort of can see and know when they're going to do it. Um, I just turn her around so she that she doesn't actually do the movement, and I think pretty quickly she gets the idea that that's the the thing you don't want her to do. So you're not doing it in anger, but as she goes to do it, you either bring her a hand down, depending on which way she's laying or you just move her around. It's the same as biters when they say they bite my shoulder and I just say, well, don't carry him in that direction for a week and they'll stop doing it. It's a similar thing, but otherwise I'd, she's smart because you give her the snuggly and she throws the snuggly. <laughs> nothing, nothing worked with
0: my daughter, and that's why I'd say I didn't stop her because that was the only way she'd go to sleep. It was Oh, yeah, no, hideous. I'd stop her. <laughs> so, yeah, stopping yeah. is probably I, a better I honestly, option. I used, to, I used to go through um, toy shops trying to find things that... That felt like skin
2: And nothing oh, works no. so it's a it's a sensation it. thing it's like a the tactile response yeah
0: yeah. Okay. Well, good luck with that. I hope it works, getting her to stop pinching you. It's not fair. You deal with enough as it is. Yeah. Uh, we have a question um, from Ryan, who is a four-and-a-half-year-old boy, struggling using the toilets at kindergarten and childcare for bowel movements. Yeah. He didn't have too many problems with toilet training when he was two to two-and-a-half and did have some in, in, initial issues when getting to a toilet in time when he felt the urge to poo, but has been fine at home since then. He's recently been pooing. His pants at both kindergarten and childcare, and we end up yeah. finding it there at the end of the day. Oh, we've talked to that's him. Unusual. I know that's what yeah. I was thinking. We've talked to him about why he doesn't use the toilet, and he has explained that he's embarrassed about others watching as the toilets are not very private. We've talked to the carers, teachers about it with no results. We have also oh. tried to get him to do one at home the night before the morning of kindy or childcare days, but as you can imagine, he's not able to. Yeah not always able to. We're concerned that it will continue next year when he starts primary school. Do you yeah, have do. any suggestions on how to get him more comfortable in a public toilet?
2: Look, no. this is a really individual. Lots and lots of children do not do a poo outside their family home. I think the hard thing is it the timing's wrong for him. So lots of school age kids run home and then do it at home or they do it in the mm. morning or they do it where they're comfortable. The only upside of school toilet is it's a little bit more enclosed and it's a little bit more individual and that might be fine. Um, I'm surprised with the daycare because I would have thought they could put a little screen up at that far toilet and that could be for also all the finding kids. at the end of
0: the day. So yes. They yeah. Him with yeah or State. haven't noticed.
2: Yeah. Hadn't noticed. Um, so I think um, the hard thing about this is I would have even went and got a little screen to put up there for him. But it's not an unusual behavior. It may never fix itself. He might always be that person that needs the security of his own place before he does it. But I think school, you've got a little bit more um, leeway to be able to do it because it's a little bit more individualized there. But all I can do is it says to encourage him. I'd speak to the daycare. Um, if he's still going to daycare until he's, you know, starting school and maybe put in a small low framed um, like screen, just a little screen there for him and also checking him regularly. I think that that should be the other thing as well. Um, but it is very common. And I think only encouragement is going to help him through this. And generally, from my experience, schools don't talk are, about it as much either. Mm, yeah. I mean,
0: and don't forget, um, even though schools are very different from early learning centres, you can teachers want you to talk to them about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, so absolutely. Don't and be they know. about it. Yeah,
2: you know, they know that those little kindergarten kids or transition kids they're struggling with the whole routine thing, so they're really patient with him and really slow. I think the more is that the daycare haven't found it or haven't suggested it just a little low screen to give him a little bit of privacy and he'd feel much better and he'd he'd just fall into line I think so over the break just encouraging him and not talking about it as much at home might help him um, because he seems to be okay at home and that might just fall into when he goes to school he's not worrying about it anymore
0: all right well good luck with that Ryan Um, this is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue I'm Siobhan Hunt Here on Helpline, Chris takes your questions about everything from settling to weaning, travel, routine, all those sorts of things and I know that she's helped a lot of you this year but like everyone she needs a holiday (laughs) Um, so this is our last show for 2019, it's our last live show but what we're going to do is release a bonus episode next week so if we don't get to all the questions today we're going to um, answer them, release them next week as a podcast now this is important because if you aren't listening to us via podcast you may not be familiar with them, what you need to do is subscribe to kindling conversation on your iphone or android on iphone you just look for the podcast app we're going to put a little how to at the end of this session in the um, kindling on facebook i should say in the comments so look for that if you don't know how to download a podcast you just subscribe to kindling conversation and then next week the answers will appear in your feed for those of you who are um, gasping in horror, thinking you won't be able to ask your <laughs> questions live, we are back from January 11 next year, which is a Friday at 11.30am, and we'll put lots of notices around social media, on our website, all those sorts of places so that you can find us. The important thing to remember right now, though, is if you have a, cr- a question over the break, our email address is going to change in the new year, so you need to email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. That's helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. So make sure you take a note of that and then come back in the new year and Chris will be back to help you. It's, it's not too long a break. Don't worry. She will we'll be back. You're listening to Kindly Conversation. This question comes from Emily, who has three-year-old triplets. Hello, Emily. Uh, um, my triplets are almost three years old and are whining constantly. Hubby oh, and yeah. I are trying to find ways to encourage them to ask for things instead of whining for them, but it's not working. Any suggestions?
2: Emily, please? I think the hard thing is you've got it multiplied by three. So you are actually doing the right thing in that um You're trying to get them to use words instead of whining. But you've got three and one mimics and the others follow. So, you know, one starts at one mimics, the next one follows. And that can be really difficult with multiples. Um, the things I would suggest, which we don't know here is whether they go to daycare yet, they might just be heading off to preschool this year. And that cuts a lot of that down. So, you know, just that social world, um, reiterating to use words is really going to help the whining of them all at that same age. So I don't think any other mother or parent out there would go, oh well you've got it multiplied by three but the whining part is normal for the three-year-olds so um, I'd set the day up with the expectation so we're going to use our words today Um, they can also whine when they're a bit bored that might also help but there's three of them so hopefully they're all playing together and not Pulling each other apart for you. Um, but it is very normal and you are actually doing the right bit, thing by suggesting that they use their words. Mummy can't hear you unless you use your words. But I can only imagine with three that that's difficult. So putting them in social settings like a play group or out with their cousins or something like that is going to help them mimic using words as opposed to the whining. So good luck. Yeah, good luck.
0: Good luck. Whining is... <laughs> <laughs> The pits, they're probably doing it more now as we get closer to Christmas.
2: Yeah, Everyone's well, they're getting tired, tired aren't aren't they? and, um, you know, they, they just see one. In the case of triplets, they see one doing it, so they all do it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: You've got to get them cleaning the dishes. How good would that be? Yeah. See one of them do it and then they all do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I could sure assume that would be a big mess which really. <laughs> <laughs> Yes,
0: probably. Well, good luck with that, mm. Emily. I hope that helps. Um, Anne-Marie asked a question last week about her nine-month-old and breastfeeding, and she's got further questions to okay, that's um, your great. advice. Okay, um, it's been very helpful, she says. James will be starting daycare in a month, so I will yep. drop his milk feeds to three for now. Yep. And when he starts at 10 months, I will drop to two breastfeeds and ask daycare to offer 150 ml of cow's milk as mentioned. I just want to cons- confirm if I've interpreted this correctly. Can yep. I offer cow's milk instead of breast milk at 10 months? Yes, All right, there you go. Yes. Um, Thanks so much in advance. I've learned so much from these podcasts and have recommended them to so many of my mummy friends.
2: You certainly can. Um, At 10 months, you can definitely do it as cow's milk. It's not three cow's milk in a day. It's only one cow's milk. And what I would do while you've dropped down and over the month where you're giving him the three breastfeeds is, For breakfast and for lunch and dinner, I just put a little tiny bit of cow's milk into his sippy cup or his cup that you choose into for him to use at daycare and get him used to the flavour and also used to tipping the cup and all those sorts of things. But yes, um, cow's milk at 10 months should be fine because it's only a one bottle. It's not three bottles of it. So he should be okay with that.
0: All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Made it nice and easy for you, Anne-Marie. Erica has a three-year-old. She said, I listened this week to your tips for toilet training, and I wondered if you could help with advice about toilet training as far as poos are concerned. This is definitely a problem for many people. Yeah, My son turned three in November and is toilet trained for wheeze. He has been been for about four to five months now. We did this gently with a reward system, and then one day he was fully toilet trained on the toilet with a step as he hated the potty. Yep,
2: yeah, that's true. Lots he still that. wears
0: a nappy to bed. He did a poo yeah. on the potty about four months ago and one poo on the toilet about a month ago, but otherwise he will insist on a nappy for poos. He'll have a meltdown if I don't put a nappy on him. A few times he has pooped in his pants, but he has now started to hold on to his poos, and I'm really concerned he'll be constipated, so I let let him poo in the nappy. He spends two days per week at daycare and one day with my mother-in-law and doesn't poo for them at all or have any accidents. Oh dear, so he's definitely holding on. (laughs) Um, The last few weeks he has started to sit on the toilet with his nappy on, so I feel like we're making progress. Progress, albeit little steps. He is toilet trained in that he is fully aware of his body and the fact
2: that he needs to poo.
0: Yep. He's regular and will either poo in the morning or around 4 30 pm.
2: Okay, so this is a really hard one. He's just become feeling secure in a nappy to do the poo. And he's wise. He's three. He knows how to work this. And there's this really hard place. You don't want to push it because you don't want him to build up some sort of resentment towards it. Um, But it's a bit like the other pooping question that we had before in that he likes to do it in his own security. So he's not doing it at daycare and he's not doing it at grandma's. He's just doing it in his nappy and he's just doing it at home. So there's two things you can try without pressure over this holiday break, because Hopefully, he's not going to daycare, well, they usually are closed. So, you've got a little bit of time to encourage him to go to the toilet at home. You're home based a little bit more than you are in terms of getting him out and about and going off to daycare. And then there's two things I would try. One is I'd put 10 nappies next to in the bathroom, and I'd say, when these nappies are gone, we're going to try and do our poops in the toilet. So, it's not that when these are gone, you're never going to get one again but we give him a visual. So you've got 10 times and over the 10 times, we're just going to encourage him before he goes and gets the nappy to maybe sit on the toilet. So it's visually where he would be going to the toilet. I agree, if he's on the toilet, I would just do it on the toilet, I'd get rid of the potty because it's just putting another layer into this. And then the other thing I do just over the Christmas break randomly is let him have a few nudie days at home because then he can actually really get a sense that he's doing the poop and that might help him go to the toilet because you'll see him doing the little dance the little jumping up and down dance and at that point I'd take him by the hand and say let's go and sit on the toilet and read a book for a little bit without pushing the we're going to do a poo and then see if he's able to just do it um and you need to sit there for a little while. So you know roughly when he's going to do it. So I just incline, I'd be inclined to have a special book that you would go and read because he needs to sit for a little while. And having his knees slightly higher, so his um knees push higher than his hip will help him do a poo. So if the step was a little bit higher, he sort of sits with his knees sort of like that in that position. So his knees are up and his hips are down that also helps as well. So if we can gently do this over this Christmas period, he might just fall into the pattern of doing it without it being a really big deal. So go slowly and gently and, you know, give him a visual next to the toilet and see how that goes. Then we'll be back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, then
2: we'll we'll be back.
0: Yes. But you're getting there, Erica. (laughs) Yeah, you are. I was reading all of these questions about toilet training, Chris, and all I could think was, Thank goodness my kids are tra- trained now. <laughs> I remember what it was like. It's so stressful. Painful. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's anyway, got to do there. it. You, yeah. you get there. Now they're both in undies. It's brilliant. Um, Amanda has a four-year-old and yep. she says, my four-year-old, four-year-old won't stay in his bed at night. He'll come into our room um, and stays in his bed for two hours. As he has two bright lights in his room, I put him back, but he continues oh. to come in.
2: Please help me. Turn Capidors. the bright
0: lights off. Two bright lights does that mean hmm.
2: doesn't make quite sense. it quite seem Is it external bright lights that might be coming into his room, do you think?
0: Amanda, I think you may have asked this question on Facebook, so please feel free to add, um, add a little bit here. more.
2: So uh, obviously, I'm assuming that if they were quite literally in his room, that you would have tried turning them off so he slept better. So when he woke up, He didn't see his room brightly lit and then wake himself up to leave the room. So I'm assuming that these bright lights might be external to the house, like a street light or the neighbour's light or something like that. And so the first thing... Oh, it's a glow light. Oh, it's a glow light. Thank you, Amanda,
0: very quick. Thank (laughs) you.
2: A glow light, as in his room. Turn it off. So I think what's happening is he's waking in his sleeping cycle. And then when he wakes up and looks around the room, he's wide awake and therefore he goes walking. So I think your technique's right in that you try and walk him back again and put him back to bed. But I think the light is what wakes him. So once, if he needs the glow light to go to sleep, once he's asleep, go in and turn the glow light off. Um, But I suspect that that's what started the behaviour and now we're in the behaviour. And um, walking him back to his bed is the way that I would do it as a four year old. So they, I'd even meet him in the hallway before he even got to your bed and just say it's time for sleep and then take him back into his room. And I know, um,
0: Amanda, that because I have heard Chris give this advice before, you have certain techniques in the way you lead them back, don't
2: yeah. you? <laughs> I do lead them back and I lead them back with their hand. And I'm. And you don't um,
0: talk to them, do you? That's I don't. I yours. just
2: take them back and I put them back in their bed again and with a four-year-old I just keep taking them back and putting them in the bed I'm not getting angry I'm not I'm not actually not responding at all I'm just taking them back to bed
0: and do you say anything once they're in bed like it's bedtime now. You stay here or you just put.
2: It uh, depends and on away. how many times we're. <laughs> t- 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 yes. So initially, I'd probably give them a kiss and put them back into bed and say it's time to sleep. But the mm-hmm. more um, they come forward, the more I lead them back. And another friend of mine, she she used to use the don't do anything rule. Which meant that when the four-year-olds, because four-year-olds are very different to three-year-olds and two-year-olds walking around at night, they just didn't talk to her at all. They didn't let her in the bed, but they didn't talk to her. They just did not move when she came in the room. And after a while, she just walked back into a bed. She got no response. (laughs) But I'm a bit of meeting them halfway and walking them back to bed. But I suspect this has come from the lights.
0: And can I ask, I'm assuming if there's a glow light in the room, Amanda, Mm. that maybe you've done that to comfort them. Yeah. does the same apply because with my kids we leave the bathroom light light on on. yeah Yeah. is that okay if they if they want a light to sort of comfort them or as long as this
2: problem isn't occurring because it's the light that they look at that wakes them up then they go oh i'm awake and then then the behavior like getting out of bed calling out whatever the behavior is around it then occurs if they wake up generally if they're in a good sleep and they've woken up in the dark, they're more likely to go back to sleep again because it's more inducive to going back to sleep. So I think that it's one of those things that started off as a comfort but could be now the cause of the problem. Right.
0: All right. Well, Amanda, good luck with that. Good luck at your walking. (laughs) Yes. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. We do only have time for one more question, but you can always email us uh, during the break. We'll be back on Friday the 11th at 11.30 a.m. That's our first Helpline back. So if you have a question over the break, the new email address is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. That's helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Our last question comes from Kate and Kylie. They both have the same question for an eight-month-old. Perfect. Um, Hello, my eight-month-old slept soundly through the night from 6 p.m. till 4 a.m., woke up for a quick feed and then slept till 6 a.m. until two months ago when he hit six months old. Now he wakes up four times a night and will not settle without a breastfeed. Oh, Without a fit, yeah. I've tried leaving him to grizzle. He gets worked up. Rocking, patting, etc. Nothing will work. I can't let him cry as he wakes up his brother, who's four. And then he needs help to get back to sleep, and everyone is awake and in my bed on top of me. What do I do? (laughs) Funnily, he barely breastfeeds through the day and still self settles for day sleep and sleeps sleeps well. It's just a nightmare.
2: Yeah, but you've solved the problem in the last last sentence. He barely breastfeeds in the day. And the, re- the problem is he's waking up at night to have the milk that he's not getting in the day. So as an eight-month-old, at the very minimum, I'd be breastfeeding him morning, lunchtime and at dinner but they often, I mean, in the evening before they go to bed, but they often have are still having four breastfeeds, as in the morning, mid-morning, lunchtime, and when he goes to bed in the evening. So I can sort of understand why your technique of pushing him through isn't working and also that it's happening at four in the morning. Oh, no, he's waking up four times now. It was happening at four in the morning. So the four times he's waking up at night is because he's not getting it during the day. So my concentration next would be to get those breastfeeds in during the day. You get those breastfeeds in during the day, then you can tick the box that he's fed to the best of your ability, three meals, four breastfeeds. Then you can start working on decreasing those breastfeeds at night. And the rhythm that I use is the first time he wakes, he gets resettled no matter what, doesn't matter how long it takes you to resettle him. The second time he wakes, which has to be an hour and a half after he, you've settled him he gets a full breastfeed and then you resettle him for the rest of the night and then slowly you withdraw that that one breastfeed that you're doing at night but the problem is the day so he's not getting enough in the day to carry him through the night and that's where this problem is now turning around then when it gets down to you've only got one breastfeed um your four-year-old should be able to sleep through till four o'clock in the morning So I think lots of people think their four-year-old's going to get up or three-year-old's going to get up when the baby cries, but usually they're not in that light sleep phase till four in the morning. And if my three-year-old got up, I don't have a three-year-old, but if I had a three-year-old and it got up, I'd be dealing with that child going back to bed. So I think this is one of the things where you'd have to divide and conquer. And one person takes the three-year-old and one person takes the eight-month-old. But I can see where the eight-month-old problem is, is not getting enough fluid in the day. So take a few days swap that round see what fixes itself if that doesn't work then start that process resettle the first time fully feed the second time resettle thereafter and you should start to see a change in his sleep behavior at night
0: good luck with that both kate and kylie hopefully that answers your question Um, that is all we have time for today thanks to everyone who called in and asked their questions for chris If we didn't get to your question today, there's a couple of things you can do. Firstly, Chris's advice and tips are all on our website. They're going to be there at kindling.com.au. Just search for Kindling Helpline. Um, As I mentioned before, this is our last live Facebook for the year, but we also have a Bonus episode that is coming out next week as part of a podcast. Now you do need to be subscribed to the podcast to get the bonus episode. If we haven't got to your question today, and uh, Elise Cooper, our very fine producer, is going to put a how-to in the comment section of our Facebook live feed from today's Facebook live. So if you're not a podcaster and you want to know how to do it, just head to this, um, head to the comment section, and you'll find a link there on how you can do it. Um, Our live show. We'll be back on Friday, January the 11th at 11.30 a.m. That's a Friday, so make sure you pop that in your diary just in case you need Chris's help. Uh, But before we go, we do have to say a very big thank you to Chris, who comes in every week to answer your questions, to help you all and to hopefully make life um, a little bit easier. So, Chris, thank you so much for coming in. Pleasure.
2: It's the nicest part of my week, I have to say. (laughs) That's
0: excellent. That's good to know. Well, we'll make sure she comes back next year then. (laughs) Uh, To everybody else, thank you and have a safe and peaceful Christmas.
1: You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.